0: A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you Hello. Welcome to Following on County Cricketer with myself, John Norman, Double County Championship winner, Steve Harmison, and the cricketers, George DeBell and Nick Friend. Whether you're listening to TalkSport 2 or via the following on podcast feed, thanks for being one of the thousands to join us every week. And on this week's show, we're going to be talking about three huge stories that broke this week via the cricketer. We'll be discussing the news that a former Test All-Rounder, yeah, you probably know who, has been asked to come out of retirement by the England management We'll have huge news about Yorkshire and also an intriguing story about the 100. All this, and we'll be looking at how the Vitality Blast is going as we approach the business end of the group stages. You're listening to Following On, County Cricketer on TalkSport, in partnership with The Cricketer. Okay, guys, well, uh, great to see you all. Uh, George, you are uh, about to be a guest of Laithwaite and Stuart Broad, so we decided to record the podcast a little early. I made the mistake a couple of years ago of recording a podcast after a tour of the Mount Gay Rum Factory in Barbados, <laughs> and it was a terrible, terrible idea. So, uh, yeah, we're recording early. Nick, Harmy, we've uh, we've had three big stories this week. In fact, we've had three big stories in the last twenty four hours. A little a little um, explainer to the listeners, though, because this show is recorded on Tuesday morning, or it is today ahead of uh, wine a uh, wine tasting. So some of what we talk about may be slightly out of date on Thursday, but we're going to go for it anyway, because essentially it was your story, George, uh, on the the cricketer. Uh, head over there. We'll be plugging that throughout the show. But essentially we've got three massive, massive stories, one involving Yorkshire, one involving the 100. We're going to talk about those very shortly. But first off, Moeen Ali, could we be set um, for a dream return? It would certainly go down well in uh, various parts of the, uh, the cricket verse if Moeen Ali wants to come back into the side, but quite a lot's going to happen before that happens. Of course, by the time you listen to this, it may have already happened or not happened. But essentially, you gave us the story yesterday, Moin Ali is up for a chat about return to the Test side. So how close do you think it could be? Do you think we're going to see Moin Ali in the Ashes?
0: Hello, morning. Um, I, I think I'll probably be um, silly to, to guess at this stage because by the time this comes out, he, he's probably decided <laughs> one way or the other. But I would say that I didn't, think he would say yes i thought it would be a simple no and he's definitely keen he's definitely interested um and, and that, that pleasantly surprised me and uh, look i think most people would agree that at his best he offers pretty much everything that england want you know at his best with the ball he's a lovely bowler. and at his best with the bat which i know we're going back a while uh he offers a lot particularly if he's coming in as lower eight but of course he hasn't played a lot of red ball cricket a lot he hasn't played any and he has this uh, modest record against Australia. So I get the reason that there are lots of caveats. But I think the thing this tells us more than anything is the dearth. What it shows up is the dearth of English spin options, particularly all round spin options. Though I think there are a lot of quite talented uh, spinners in the English game. I really do. Uh, Given opportunity, I think they can flourish. But they don't get opportunity. And, you know, let's not rehearse all those conversations again. We know why. They, we know that the championship isn't played at the right time of the season medium paced seamers probably get too much assistance in England's game. We know all these things. But it is interesting that England are going back to a 35-year-old who hasn't played at all for two years in the Red Bull game uh, with all the worries that come with that. But um, I think it would be a popular decision. Personally, I'd bloody love to see him come back. I'd love it.
1: I mean, we, uh, we also record a couple of other shows on TalkSport 2 and uh, we were on the WhatsApp group the other day. You were very firmly... Of, before George's story, that Moeen Ali is the right choice to come back into uh, the England squad. He was the, the best choice. Give us an idea of why, why you thought that. I think
2: the reason why for me is if Moeen Ali says yes, there's quite a few things going in 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 the favour of the England cricket team. It's a different ma- mindset of the England cricket team with Stokes and McCollum as opposed to what happened before. It's not COVID anymore, so it's other you know, you know the shackles are off, if you want to use a better word for it. He's he is he is a you know a supremely talented player, excellent leadership qualities. And one of the biggest things, if he says yes, you've got to remember when he when he left the game, he left the game with his head down, feeling out of love with international test match cricket, feeling out of love with the game of cricket itself, on a on a on a real downer. Um, and I and I I sat with him a couple of times through the last ashes through the night in a, in a TV studio, and he, he was obviously he was he was down on 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 red ball cricket because of what it had taken out of him. But I look at it and think, right, he will have the right mindset because he said no to Pakistan, and Pakistan is a massive thing for him, huge thing for him. The PSL is massive for him, you know, where he's brought you know his his heritage is. And he said no to Pakistan. So if he says yes to to Ben Stokes, Brendan McCullum about the Ashes, it means one we get a Mohan Ali who is in the right frame of mind. We've got more, a Mohan Ali who's up for the challenge of what's in front of him over the next five weeks, six weeks, and then his talent comes through. And for me, his talent is is huge. It's but it, as George said, it shows you how threadbare we are if we're going back down this road. I think it's the only what one of the only options. We have got a lot of good young spin bowlers in this country, but at the minute they're young. Rian Armhead is one of them. Um, if Moen Ali doesn't play in the first Test match, then England, I think, have to play four seamers. And then you've got a, a round of championship matches on the 11th of June, where you've got, if Moen, even even if Moen did want to play, is there an argument that he plays for Warwick on the 11th of June, along with the likes of Will Jacks, Liam Dawson and Rian Armhead? And then England make the call on the 12th of June, where Naval had a bowl in Red Bull cricket and just pull one of them out of and bring that into that squad. I know that's an extreme case, but I would be exploring that option as well. That I'd take somebody out of first class cricket, I wouldn't pick them yet. I'd give them that first opportunity to have a bowl and then bring a Will Jackson if need be, or give them the whole of that round of county championships, go in with four seamers out at Edge Baskin ask for a little bit of grass on it, ask for a little bit of extra grass on it, and then look to bring a spinner in once they've had some first-class cricket going into the Lord's Test match, if Mo
1: and Ali says no. So what about you then, Nick? Social media was uh, very much divided as far as my own personal echo chamber uh, to go by. And uh, one of the uh, narratives is there'll be a slap in the face. We've heard this one before, and <sighs> not it's not true, but... Uh, if not Moine, and if he does turn it down or does turn it down, then then who?
3: I don't think it is true. Like he's got he's, he's five away from two hundred Test Wickets. If he hadn't retired from test cricket, if he'd the step back I feel like it's because he closed he had closed his chapter he'd closed the door on it rather than if you see what I mean, if he was playing white ball cricket only, hadn't retired from test cricket, but was sat there on 195 Test Wickets, I'm not necessarily sure that, that, that this that sort of same narrative would exist. I mean ultimately you look at the numbers from this season. I mean, I agree, there are a lot of good young spinners, but there are none who I would throw into an Ash series at two weeks' notice because if England go in with three seamers, a semi-fit Ben Stokes and a novice test spinner, you know, everyone everyone knows enough about Australian cricket to know what will happen next. They would look to do to Jack Carson what they did to, what they did to Simon Kerrigan and suddenly, you know, I'm not necessarily saying the same thing happens to Carson down the line as i to Kerrigan, but what certainly happens is that you're restricted to three, three and a half bowlers, Joe Root. I mean, I don't think, you know, from a side that's tried to be quite savvy with its management of players, particularly young players, in the last twelve months. Even when Rian played that played that test of Pakistan as an eighteen-year-old, that was 2 0 up in a series. There was very little to lose. They they were packed with all-rounders, and obviously it worked. But I I don't necessarily think asking a twenty-one, twenty-two-year-old to bowl off-spin as a holding bowler at Edgbaston against a side that will focus on taking you down is necessarily the way that that they would go. But then you look beyond. Carson, Best, Dawson have taken nine wickets each this season. Hey, this is quite a depressing number, really. There are ten, there are five spinners with ten plus first-class wickets in England this summer, and four of them are from Australia, New Zealand, Pakistan, and South Africa. Jack Leach is the only spinner with more than ten wickets who is qualified to play in the first Test of, uh, at Edgbaston. So, the cupboard is bare in that sense. And as, as George said, there's not been a great deal of opportunity. Matt Parkinson's had to get between two counties for each seven wickets. Ryan has batted much better than he's bowled this summer. I think Matt Critchley's got five wickets. Will Jacks hasn't played a first-class game yet because he was at the IPL. So, or maybe one. I might. I can't remember which. But um, point being, if you're picking someone out of county cricket, you're not picking what they've done this summer. If you're picking Jack Carson, it's what he did on the Lions tour over the winter, which of course is how Josh Town got in last week. So I would have no problem with Carson playing. That I just think his quality and he's um, bowled very well at India in that county select eleven. Game was it last two or two years ago, and has been really impressive. And but it's asking a lot of a twenty-two-year-old. Liam Patterson White hasn't made the same impact this year as he did last year. And then you've got uh, I like the idea, I actually quite like the idea of Sam Curran. He's not he's not a spinner, obviously, but he is he is a fourth seamer who is a bit different. who strengthens the so Just, just on well. him though,
0: just on him though, Nick. How, how is his back? Because I mean, obviously, he's coming back from a stress. Well, so I don't think well, 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 of course, he's been, he's been he's been
3: he's been he's been playing. I, th- I think he's been playing. He's been bowling. I don't know how his back is. I don't know. I think to bowl X number of overs, but I do yeah, know that's, that that's,
0: that would be my worry That But, uh, but if, I sort of think that as well.
3: But if Sam but... if Sam played, let's say Sam Cameron bats at eight and played, he's sort of a spare player in a sense, isn't he? He's not you know what I mean he wouldn't have been the running to be your third seamer But he becomes that fourth seamer hopefully with Stokes as a as an option with Joe Root as an option. He doesn't need to bowl that many overs. In the same way, I don't think Dan Lawrence is a ludicrous option, to be honest. He's a a less good off spinner than Joe Root. I'm not saying batsman eight, I think that'd be very very unlikely. To do. If it wasn't Maureen for me, I'd pick Will Jacks.
2: But but if Nick, if if Jack played, Jack Leach played, yes, you know Robinson at eight, Leach at nine, yeah, Wood at ten, Anderson at eleven. So if that was the case, you know, you if you had to pick a fourth seamer, I'm not picking him for his batting. I'm picking him for his bowling. So if that's the case, you pick four seamers and you pick
3: no, you of course, of course. As I say, it's it's not what I would. You, yeah, but not, you pick your it's not what too. I would do. Yeah, I, I, I would pick if if not Moeen, I'd pick Jacks. Jacks has the most experience beyond Moine, certainly of the guys who have been around the scene and set up the last twelve months. Of bowling to hold up an end, that is effectively his job with Surrey when he plays in the Championship. I think he took seventeen wickets in the Championship last year as a first choice spinner, which is frankly nothing. But the job was not to roll through teams; the job was to was to be the spin option, which I think you know, given the the gap between Leach and whoever is next, is basically what England could reasonably be asking of someone against Australia. And on top of that, he adds not just batting, but exactly the kind of batting that England will want from their well, from from you know from this approach.
0: Uh, a lot of the reasons that Mo turned down the Pakistan tour are gone. I, I, I think it is worth reiterating that he turned down that tour because of all the time in lockdown. Because that tour was basically lockdown. Whereas and this time round
3: he could literally, I think as you wrote, He could sleep in his own in, bed. In bed.
0: So it was about promises to family and time in lockdown. I know England had this basically no moaning policy, which is terrific about all the time they spent in lockdown. It was rubbish. I, I know I've said this before. I don't think people understand how 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 much it gnaws away at them. And I thought the Australians, by the way, had a bloody nerve to moan about Stuart Broad's comment about the Ashes being void. And we all know what he meant. He didn't actually meant they were void. He meant they were void in his mind because they played how many tests away tests during uh, lockdown, during COVID? None. Zero. So they don't even deserve an opinion on that as far as I'm concerned. They have no idea what it would like. Uh, and Moen eventually just thought he couldn't be at his best. So go back to what Harvey says. If he says yes, he's saying yes because he thinks he can be at his best. Yeah. And if he's at his best, and I haven't seen him bowl at his best for a long time, then he's a hell of a crypto. His His best ball... I think, is as good as any off-spinner's best ball. It's just he think... quite a few not as good.
2: Just to finish on on for me is, if it's not mowing, it has to be four seamers. I don't think we can pick a spinner. England have been so good in selection and the consequences of picking Dawson, Jax or Ahmed in this test match, in this test series, in this test match could be along the way of Fisher, Wilkes and Mahmood getting picked in the West Indies and Broad and Anderson not getting picked in the West Indies. I think the damage that could be done, it could harm England's chances a little bit more. And I think fourth Seamer, which probably in my eyes would be Stuart Broad and you pick Wood, Anderson, Robinson, and then Broad. I think Broad's option would get, you get more out of Broad than you would out of a Jax, a Dawson or an Ahmed with the ball. I'm not picking them for batting. Picking him with a ball because but, I've got wickets. But, Eng-
3: but do England? What I'd say to that is, they're already without Archer. They're already without Stone. They're already talking about trying to get Anderson through three out of five tests. I'm just not convinced that England have enough seamers to to try and get through the series by playing four
0: at a time. Well, I'm just saying we haven't even talked about Anderson's groin. But Anderson, you know, is coming to this test with a little bit of a question mark. You know, he's a forty year old who's coming off a groin injury. It's a worry. Uh, you don't want Wood bowling more than five over spells ever, really. Uh, and Stokes, and only Robinson's mean,
3: on the back of an ankle, industry, ankle injury, ankle ankle injury rather. And Stokes, we've not seen bowl in what since the first week of April, and that last time one over. Them. And it doesn't strike. It doesn't strike me. I understand the four seam thing because Joe Root's off spin. I'm not, you know, might not be that much worse, frankly, than any of the alternatives. But, but it strikes me as a very long term risk if you then rock up and Test four and five with. A couple of
0: nacidsemas
3: and having to go to guys who didn't necessarily want we'll think
0: to play. Chris Wokes and Craig Overton by Test we We're back in mm-hmm. the Caribbean. Honestly, you, you look at how many injuries there are, and you think they sure play a mean pinball. That's what it's coming down to.
2: Yeah, but Stokes and McCollum's mantra is, "We look after what's happening in front of us." And I've yeah. heard in too many Ashes series when we Test Four and Five <laughs> don't matter. <laughs> that's true.
1: That's true. Shall we uh, move on to? Uh, well, that's one of the exclusives, George. By the way, should we I mean, should we should we say it's
0: all void already? What do you think? <laughs> should we go down that line already?
1: It does remind me of uh, I think I said this to you at Lords during the Ireland test, George. All those ser- all those Ashes series abroad when Daryl Goff would be hobbling back before the uh, the first test, or Freddie Flintoff or Graham Thorpe wouldn't even make the plane, or uh, Michael Vaughan's knee would curve inwards and he'd have to fly back. It's it's like one of it's those old school. Um, it's really oh, Metatarsal it's stuff, it's isn't it? You still would left England with a broken ankle. Yeah. <laughs> I was in. Re- I, was, I was really optimistic about four weeks ago. And this is <laughs> now, this, this is my childhood
0: all over again. This is well, all, a, of us, a all, all of us. All twisted individual you see.
1: The the interesting thing is, I mean,
3: part of, I guess part of this is probably because we don't associate spinners with stress fractures very often. But you could have gone through. There's been so much chat about what England would do if they lost this player or that player. And maybe because Jack Leach is not be spectacular, but just is, is a reliable, you know, solid off-spinner or le- le- um, thing-spinner. No one really talked about, there was never really much chat about this, was there? I mean, as a, what happens next? And then, then it happens and you realise, actually, he's been ever-present under Stokes McCullum and he's an enormous part of the way they play. In that well, he...
1: But it is strange though, Nick, because I think the narrative, if he had not been injured, was... Um we would all be very concerned about him going for 90 runs from 20 overs. And like listening to you guys talking about the price... See, essentially, one of the strange things is that we're comparing a slow left arm with a leg spinner and an off spinner as the, the Well, this is the, this is the issue of like, the winter, isn't it? None of that is relevant. It's all about how, whether they can just hold up an end. And it take, I it don't think t- Jack Bleach was looking like he would have been able to hold up an end. And it takes, back to the,
3: it takes you back to the winter as well, where England... Remember, obviously, it worked very well, and they won all three tests in Pakistan, but... But there, there was talk in the winter about how England were trying to muddle through that series, you know, with one specialist spinner and then a selection of guys who, you know, frankly, back in England, you wouldn't want to be your first choice spinner. Whether that was Rayam, whether that's Will Jacks, Liam Livingston, I remember you know, quite well when that when that squad was picked that all the talk and and the criticisms were that there was one specialist in in that squad. I mean, remember talk of Jack Carson. You know if he impressed sufficiently on that in that line strip where they would take him to Pakistan as well. You know, we're a long way off now from that COVID series in India where England had who do they have in the country? Leech, Bess, Verdi, Crane, Parkinson as well, possibly. They, you know, when they were and obviously Crane and Verdi, I think, have played I'm not sure they played a championship game this year, so it does show, I mean, it was obviously different times, but yeah, I mean, I, you could sort of, as I say, it's interesting, like, nobody really talked about what happens if Leech isn't available, but equally. You could sort of see it coming in a sense.
1: It has been worse. Do you remember that tour in South Africa uh, when the team got ill, Harmy, and it looked like Gareth Batty might get a call up. I've yeah. never seen someone so so scared of, uh, <laughs> of his career. He
2: sobered up, up very quickly, though, didn't he? He was drinking that <laughs> chocolate block. He, he was, I, think, I think he was looking forward to getting away from me for a four, for about two or three days, but he did so up very quickly when it was. Gareth Batty might play for England in this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Never forget his fears. No, any. No, uh, any...
0: Joni, Joni Mitchell was singing about Jack Leach when she said, "You don't know what you got till it's gone." It's gone, yeah. Ahead of her time. She was talking about
1: England spinners. Shall we um, move on to exclusive number two, sure. which I I suggest mm. will uh, be Colin Graves, and he's not sure coming on. back to Yorkshire. So, well, do you know uh, what?
0: Okay, so this is this is an interesting story because I reckon he was trying to get it out there that he was turning them down before it emerged that they had already turned him down. So he hadn't actually put his... He had spoken to the media about his uh, desire to come back and sort it all out, but he had never put anything in writing until, I believe, last Friday uh, to the board. And when he did that, he he said he needed total control of the club and all the rest of it. But you can't have total control of a club, a member's club, when you have a any sort of governance, a proper governance and a board and all the rest of it. So they turned him down. In fact, six of the eight boards said they'd quit if he came back. And I think there would have been a serious issue with Yorkshire retaining international cricket if he'd come back. I, I really do. I, I think they'd have lost it, in that. And I, I know Cambridge Patel gets a lot of flack, but Yorkshire are not hosting an Ashes Test this summer if it hadn't been the Cambridge Patel. And that is a fact. So hopefully that is the end of Colin Graves' role in English cricket. And I think uh, Yorkshire will unveil a new chair this week, maybe even by the time this show comes out, and that they've made some decent progress with the refinancing as well. Honestly, kind of my heart feels for the first time that Yorkshire supporters could look to the future with a bit of optimism for the first time in a couple of years.
2: We said that last week, though, didn't we, George, about they having to, not not closure, We are having to get things in place for them to move the club forward. And is the biggest thing... Not so much the chair, but it's the restructuring of the financial package, because... I think they come together, don't they? that hold on them, didn't he? Well, he still does.
0: You know, they still owe him 15 million. And he did, you know, there's nowhere around it. He did save the club at the start of the century. He did. So there is still that problem. Um, And it's very difficult. I think they've had lots of offers, particularly from IPL sides or IPL franchise owners, to buy them, but they're not for sale. They're a member's club and they're going to stay a member's club for the foreseeable. So anyone who comes in, you know, has to look at how they can get their money back. And they can't really. I mean, that's the reason why banks aren't lending. And I still think that um, Colin's comments yesterday, you know, he talks about liking the the, wanting the club to prevail. He's doing nothing to encourage new investors to come in. And I don't think he ever has. So I think that um, when the refinancing happens, it will be a sort of partnership and it'll be about reputation as much as any sort of financial deal because it's very hard to see how that club repays the money it, it, you know people can make money in a lot of different ways they can invest it a lot more easily but i um, i think the ecb and the counties are talking about the next allocation of international games i believe that yorkshire are going to have an okay allocation i think they're going to they're going to have some women's ashes games which is a, a, a new thing and a really positive new revenue stream for English cricket in particular, you know, uh, women's cricket. If you look at the way that tickets are selling this summer. So there, there are reasons for optimism, but um, they, I think all would have fallen down if Colin Graves had come back. And it feels like um, I'm not impartial. I'm not. So I can't pretend I am, but it, it, it does feel to me like a, a substantial step in the right direction obviously got a lot of problems. There is a huge problem with the business model at the club. It's actually quite a small ground, you know, compared to some of the other ones. They've fallen miles behind Emirates, South Trafford, for example. But there's hope and they can rebuild. And they're starting to win some games too. And we said this, didn't we, Harmy, a week or so ago. You know, they're finding ways to lose. They're actually beginning to look all right and then losing. And all they needed to do was get over the line once or twice. And you can see the confidence grow. You know, I'm sure they're going to get hit with points deductions anyway. So this season becomes a bit of a swing to nothing, you know, learn about young players, rebuild. And as I say, they're putting foundations in place that could serve the world for 20 years. I, I honestly believe that there's grounds for optimism.
2: Just just a, a little one on to follow-up that, what you said. What would you say if, if other people had the opinion of, well, Yorkshire have gone through all this, they haven't been punished yet. And we're talking about, they're talking about refinancing packages and they're talking about getting, making sure they're allocation of national crickets. OK, getting women's Ashes cricket, getting this, getting that, getting the other. If you're one of the other 17 counties, surely your membership's going, how on earth can you look after them, the, what they've done to the game of cricket? Um, so started- you,
0: look, you've, you raise a really good point. Uh, and if you look at particularly what happened to Durham, which is no doubt what you're alluding to a little bit, I thought it was monstrously unfair. I did say so at the time. I have said so since. I still blame Colin Graves. I think there should be an investigation. I, I thought I, what happened to Durham was outrageous. But let's not make the same mistakes twice. Let's not crush. Let's not kill a club. Let's encourage it to be better, is what I'd say. So I hope that people see that. But you're right, they're going to get, effectively, a slap on the wrist for some awful stuff. Uh, I know some people don't think this is good, but they, you know, more than 20 people lost their jobs. I think that helps change the culture. And now I think you know it's a bit carrot and stick, isn't it? But basically, we all act, react better to the carrot. And um, you know Yorkshire has been one of the great cricket clubs in the world. I know I've been its biggest critic, but I still think that, and I still think it could be. It's a hotbed of cricket, and what we all surely want it to, uh, to be is is that great club again, but just a great club for everybody, open to everybody. And I think there's, a used to be, have to get this mixture between encouragement and punishment. Um, I don't have any faith at all in the CDC. I'm not sure that they will get it right, but I can see what everyone's trying to do. Uh, and I hope they find a course through it. All I would say is don't, please don't be too critical if they get what appears to be a slap on the wrist because there may be a greater good in it. I, I, I don't know. It, it's very difficult. But I think if you were if you were in charge of the CDC here, it's an almost impossible job to get the right level of sanction.
1: This is TalkSport2. This is following on County Cricketer uh, in conjunction with the Cricketer. George DeBell, Nick Friend, as well as myself, John Norman, and Steve Harmison. Still plenty more to come on the show.
0: There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados truly the best place to be a cricket fan This is Talk Sport 2 this is following on County Cricketer uh, in conjunction with the cricketer George DeBell, Nick Friend as well as myself, John Norman and Steve Harmison still plenty more to come on the show Would we move on to exclusive three, sure, the hundred an advertising oh, deal. That, yeah. Yes, that one. So essentially, the hundred of I've uh, got into uh, a deal with a company, an Indian company. Is that correct? Uh, or well, is no, it they do UK, Indian street food. UK UK based Indian food company.
0: Yeah, Ch- Chaiwala. I, I think that. Um, yeah, they do in, in Indian street food. I haven't, haven't actually been, but you, you yeah. Uh, and they're fast growing. So what? What? I, sometimes you get given a story. Because maybe the person thinks that you're going to write something scathing about what they've told you. But the more I found about this, the more I thought, actually, the ECB are getting it right. The basic story is the ECB have given away uh, a sponsorship deal, a branding deal to this company. And, and you know, obviously, I could say to you, well, that shows the worthless nature of the 100. And, And to some extent, I do think that, you know, if the 100 was a really thriving business, it would be a lot easier to sell these sorts of deals. But at the same time, the 100 is, much as I don't approve of it in many ways, it is about reaching a new audience. And so they're trying to do a deal which presumably is aimed at the South Asian audience in England to try and make them more aware of the 100 and try to attract them to the games. Well, that seems to me to be an eminently sensible thing to do. So they've done this deal with this uh, chain of uh, cafes, restaurants, call them what you will, and yeah, they haven't charged them for it. I think the, the ECB have even paid for the branding. And that's really unusual. And it would be easy to make fun of it. But actually, as a long-term thing, to try and reach audiences the game has failed to in the past, to try and be more inclusive, I've got nothing but praise for that, really.
1: Yeah, and it's actually quite a normal kind of uh, deal to be made. Talk sport here. We're a commercial enterprise, obviously. And it's called contract basically it's a uh, it's it's bartering it's uh, we'll give you something and you give something back in return usually in the way of advertising and yeah it's it's quite a normal part of uh of how things work so i agree i think it's actually quite a smart thing to do listen we've just brought three amazing stories uh and you can get more because there is a new cricketer digital package it costs 29 pounds 99 annually for unlimited access to members content online so uh, Every single word that George writes essentially and uh, Nick. I, I
0: think uh, by the way, I think you get the magazine downloadable for that as well.
1: Yep, you do. You get uh... That
0: that's it that is an incredible deal. I'm I, yeah. sorry, I know I sound like <laughs> No, no, <laughs> it's true. I do the marketing, well, I suppose I am.
1: Twenty nine ninety nine for the magazine. Yeah. And everything. No, they're gonna
0: carry on paying us? Well <laughs> anyway.
1: <laughs> well, I don't get paid by the cricketer and I still say it's a good deal. Sign up Thank via thecricketer.com forward slash cricketer. Digital, Nick Friend. Let's talk cricket. I mean, I'm not sure if Somerset will still be unbeaten with 100 percent record come Thursday. I should check out their fixtures to see if they're actually going to be playing between Tuesday. Well, they're aware,
3: They're away at Hampshire tomorrow night. So there you go. Those, I knew you'd be the person to ask. One
1: game uh, between now and then. But um, essentially, there are uh, there's a little little gap at the top of the South Group. The North Group looks a little bit uh, a little bit tighter. Well,
3: I think this. I think the the bluntest way of putting it is that the North Group is, I'd say, across the board, probably, if a, maybe, maybe I'm sure some will disagree, but I'd say the North group is probably across the board more competitive, and the South group has two or three stragglers towards the bottom, and I think you could probably make a case for for reeling off the top four, or what will be the top four in the South group come the end of the group stages just about now, and it's probably, well, it's probably, I don't know, certainly three of the kind of top four in Somerset, Surrey, and Hampshire, and then you'd possibly expect Essex, Morgan, and possibly Gloucestershire to fight out those last couple of spots. But, I mean, Kent, Sussex and Middlesex have won two games between them. And they've played, what, at this point, 17 games, I think, 16 games. Whereas the North group, the North group is, just, is pretty competitive, as we just talked about earlier, the auction. Like they lost the first three, of, have won their last three. North Ants have been less good than I thought they might have done with the spine. They've got of Willie, Lynn, Ty, Cobb, Safe Zib, I think is coming along really well. And I think... Just about on his own, ended Worcestershire's unbeaten record a few days ago. Yeah, I mean, you could. I think you could. You could probably put pick four from seven or eight in that north group, whereas it is probably four from five or six in the south one at the moment. That's probably the fairest way of. With Somerset just about through already, and Surrey, Surrey. Well, Surrey, I've been lost twice. I mean, once against Sussex, once against Gloucestershire, in two of the lowest scoring games. But um, I've been. I've watched Morgan score two hundred plus in like twice the last three days. But even, you know, even Gloucester didn't start very well. I've now won three from, three, three from six. And Hampshire have got the best player in the tournament, James Vince. So there's a lot going on. But as, as, obviously, as you say, I mean, this is Tuesday. And by Thursday, God knows what will have happened.
1: <laughs> Any moments that, that stand out for you? Uh, me? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think um am just look at my team,
2: looking at my team. And at Durham have played a game less. They've got their next two games. And the, as we always do on the road, we're playing nuts and it's normally Notts and Derby one of them two and then Leicestershire um, and they're too good game for Durham if Durham managed to win both of them games then that will put pressure on Yorkshire and Lancashire because one of them might then struggle to qualify um, and with the, the, the size of the team that, that Lancashire have got with the embarrassment and riches that they've got there'll be pressure on going into the back end of that tournament but James Vince is not going away he's going to knock on he, James Vince iron up that possibility of Jason Roy goes to the American League, David Milan, who's going to open a baton for England, one, two, and three in the 50 over World Cup. He's well is that 88, 88, 103, 71. He's going nowhere. And as much as they're not going to pick him, the invisible man's had another good week. Sam Hearn. He just he's still knocking on the England door. There's just I think he's he's got to think he's got uh, soft hands because he's not lock, uh, not knocking hard enough. So they were really the standout performers for me this week that you know, the players that have done well so far this season are uh, transferred the skills into the white ball game because Vince looks is always in ridiculous form. He's gone and opened a bat in Hampshire, so that's good for him. Season opening at the top of the England order, right? I'm going to go and open a bat and I'm going to show the selectors. Um, and, and Sam Sam Hane's still trying to knock the door down. But my team, Durham, if they can get two or even possibly just one of them against Notts and Leicestershire, then that might just put pressure on the big two, the white and the red rows. That one of them might be might just not qualify, and that would be a big story. Well, Lanks are Lanks are doing their level best to to, yeah. to cause to cause problems for themselves, aren't they? I mean,
3: they've well, they lost four in a row, I think, haven't they? With a, a side that looks completely static, they've lost what? Not Durham, Yorkshire, and Warwickshire in the last four. With a side with that's got Joss Butler, Phil Salt, Liam Livingston, crowned into its top five, So it's, it's old, been yeah, been rather being rather odd to watch, but um. It's yeah. Well, I mean, once again, the depth of North Group, the depth of the North Group, and the competitiveness of the North Group is perhaps not what it is in the necessarily is in the South Group across the board. But um, it, it's been interesting watching Lance because I think people would have had them down, particularly once Josh was available to to wipe the floor, and they've and they've been rather the rather the complete opposite. And then you've got Worcestershire, who I think won twice or three times all season last year, top of the pile with four out of five. And but yeah, everyone everyone beating everyone really, and not not having lost three. From a seven, you wouldn't necessarily have put your, you know, have, have put your money on, and I think Durham struggled last year in the top four with the game in hand as well. So like, it's it's been interesting, particularly as I say, particularly at North Group because the standard has been so high.
2: Special was- mention as well, Sue Redfern jump. Special yeah. mention to Redfern, first female umpire, and was it Middlesex? What was it, Middlesex, Gloucester to umpire in a game? So yeah, that's for me. That's headline news. That's great news for the game of cricket across the board.
3: Yeah, no, Sue so Redfern just it seems to tick off sort of first after first. I mean, she's done the, I think she's done a men's international, not not on the field, I think, but as the third umpire. She's, oh, she's done so many. Um, she was added to the panel, I think at the start of last season, so a lot of second team cricket. So for her, it would have been, I think as she said, like it doesn't feel much different to doing all the other men's cricket she's been doing over the last year, year and a half um, and beyond, cause it's a long old pathway to, to reach that stage. And there's, it's not just her, I mean, I think Anna Harris won't be too far behind who, didn't have the same playing career as Sue, who played who played for England. But um, is I think Anna's in her mid twenties, I think, and she's a very 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 good umpire. Done a lot of the England women's international stuff already. And but yeah, I think as Redfern said, like there's a she is flying the flag and plays the trail for yeah for everyone
1: else behind her. Okay, we'll wrap up there on the uh, the T Twenty. We had a we had a message through last week. I mean, cricket scheduling is something we've spoken about and has been spoken about within cricket for as long as cricket has been in existence. But the county championship comes back on Sunday, which um, is slightly bizarre, isn't it? I mean, it's great to see some cricket played in June. Hopefully it'll still be sunny. It seems to be now. It's about two rounds of the county championship, then it'll disappear again. It does make following cricket in this country slightly, uh, slightly difficult. But uh, I suppose it is more than handy to have one Four day game, four day game. It'll be interesting to see if Ali plays, I suppose, as much as anything. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a, I think it's
0: a good thing. I think it's a step in the right direction to have some games at this time of year. The point you make about the following the schedule is absolutely true, and it's why I don't personally like playing in windows. i have some regularity throughout the season. You know, make the blast Friday night tournament, for example, or with local variants. But um, yeah, you're right. It comes back, and it, it might be just the right time. I mean, the the point is that there's some cricket right ahead of the ashes, if required, for this very situation. I hope Moen does play. I, he, he's got this difficulty, hasn't he? <clears throat> in that, ahead of the ashes in Australia a couple of times ago, do you remember he, he wasn't massively fitty. I think he had a groin problem, and he hadn't been able to bowl in the net. So then he started bowling the test. And he ripped his spinning fingers. And and I don't know, it's a hideous thing to rip his spinning fingers. It's very, very hard, massive, callous blisters, nasty, nasty stuff. And he's going to have an issue with that, isn't he? I mean, you know, he cannot be in the, uh, have, have the conditioning to be bowling 25 overs a day, which he might need to do. But, um, so I don't know. He, he I, I, maybe he should bowl for a day or two and then be substituted out. He can do that these days. Um, I, I, I would think there's something in that. But look, he, he might decide he doesn't want to go through it yet. Uh, we just don't know. But, um, I, I think it was when he when decided to go back to Warwickshire, there was no red ball element in the in the deal. You know, I think he had closed the the door on that part of his career. So no no one should be thinking he's going to suddenly change his mind and go on tour. I don't think that's very likely to happen. But who knows? Maybe he'll love it. Maybe this is a start of a great story. Maybe he's BBC Sports Personality of the Year at the end of the year. Uh, uh, who knows? Or maybe he doesn't even play. I mean, we really are talking. You know, and I'm particularly talking from position of ignorance. Because I just tried to take some paracetamol. And it turns out I took sleeping pills, which is ideal before you go wine tasting.
1: Wine <laughs> tasting, yes. It looks so similar. <laughs> so, George, uh, you get out of here. Good
0: luck. Yeah, go for a snooze. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. look out for my piece later. That's going to be even more gibberish than normal. <laughs> Cheers, everybody. Nice to see you.
1: George is heading up. If you ever wondered what uh, being a cricket journalist is all about, and you thought, oh, it's just watching cricket and then drinking with cricketers. Essentially, that is exactly what's happening for George right now. Look, we've just got a couple of moments left uh, in the show. Is there anything else that uh, we should just uh, turn our attention to, Harvey? No, I think the County Championship is good, that we're going to
2: have a couple of games. I- I've said it I've said it all along. You know, first-class cricket from a, a t- like the, the international stuff, they, sh- they should go into each other. And, you know, you play red ball cricket up until the first, possibly the second test, and then you start playing white ball cricket to get ready for whoever's coming out of the way. You know, because you've always got to you've always got to have a plan B. And England's plan B is if somebody gets injured, we need somebody battle hardened, ready and to go and hit the ground running. If we either have to give them their debut, bring them back from you know being dropped, and give them a chance to you know be well prepared going in. And that for me, these two te- these two Rounder County Championship games the work. In an ideal world, you had three county championship rounds, one last week, one this week, one next week. In England have got, you know, twelve days of first class cricket for their players to be ready for the back end of the series, again like the ashes if, because it's obviously it's the series that's in, in the ashes, if they need to pluck somebody out of the woodwork who an experienced player an experienced player who's just smashing it, they can go through it and like I said right at the very top. On the 11th of June, when the games start, in an ideal world, every spin bowler in the country is bowling on that first day. And if England need to pluck one out just at the last minute, they've got 25 overs under their belt rather than bowling white ball, getting smashed out of the park, confidence dented because they're going at nine and over. Well, you know the Aussies are going to come at them. So at least have overs under your belt to fall back on. And I think that would be a good idea. Whoever England are going to pick, if it's not Mo and Ali, that they're their player and they bowl at least in the first innings of this next round of championship matches, even if they're not going to be in intention to play in the first Test match at Edgbaston. I still believe if Mo and Ali says no, then England have to play four seams.
1: Okay. Uh, Nick, we'll leave it there as you head off on your travels around the south of England. Tommy, you'll be back, uh, you'll be down in London for uh, the Ashes show, which starts on TalkSport next week. There will be another County Cricketer, of course, next week as well, Road to the Ashes as well. Plenty going on here on TalkSport, but for now, thanks for listening to Following On County Cricketer. The Following On podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism, and this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan.